There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. I hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. It is Monday, December 5th, 2022. We are 20 days away from Christmas. Absolutely love it. My favorite time of the year. And uh, being in Minnesota, I'm reminded of that favorite time of the year's weather. Uh, the blustery, windy snow. It's actually quite warm today. I think it's in the 20s, so... <laughs> Oh, man. And uh, we, we start this week off uh, kind of like, I don't know, it, it's it's silent, but it's not silent. There is a lot of things that happened this last weekend. Um, Elon Musk released to uh, quite a few different reporters, Mac T- uh, Talaby uh, of Rolling Stone and quite a few others, what is known as the Twitter Files. And this is internal correspondence between Twitter and the federal government in various campaigns uh, prior to the 2020 election, as well as leading up to the current day to before the acquisition of Twitter, which we have still yet to see all the information that has uh, been corresponded between the federal government, the Biden administration, and Twitter. And we know that there's various lawsuits right now in Missouri and Louisiana pertaining to this specific case. So, uh, you know, what we saw with the Twitter files specifically was that both the Trump White House and the Biden campaign had made requests to Twitter to delete uh, certain posts and censor certain individuals. Now, that shouldn't come as a surprise. I've said this before, that it's not a left or right problem. It's the two wings of the same bird. And, uh, you know, if you give the government enough rope, they will hang you. <laughs> and um, the, the Trump administration did make a, quite a few inquiries, but not nearly as many as the Democrats. And from the Democrats, we saw everybody from the Biden campaign. We saw Democratic uh, congressmen, senators. We saw gubernational um, candidates. Uh, Katie Hobbs just recently did the same thing to Twitter through the government portal and dashboard, asking them to censor uh, political opposition, which I, I believe is a form of election interference, especially from the Secretary of State who's running for governor. Uh, so quite interesting right there. But what we did see is we saw that uh, the uh, Vijayje Gadi, who was the uh, the head of Twitter security there, she was uh, basically tasked with this government portal. She kept it from the CEO, Jack, at the time, and uh, they were censoring conservatives, and it seemed to be massive political bias that was bringing this about. The Joe Biden uh, campaign during the time of uh, October 2020 had made massive amounts of inquiries for Twitter to do this, and the collaboration uh, was was direct to uh, Gotti and in the Biden campaign. And even after so, we saw that... Uh, you know, they obviously did the purge. They shut down Donald Trump's Twitter. And we're seeing that that had really nothing to do with acts of violence or Donald Trump's Twitter. It just had they wanted to shut Donald Trump up 
during January 6th timeframe. So quite interesting to see this collaboration now for those out there saying, well, you know, it's, it's, it's not a big deal that uh, the federal government is out there collaborating with uh, social media. You know, they got to control the information. Well, well, it is because, see, under constitutional law and constitutional legal precedents, the federal government cannot interfere with the free speech of American citizens. So if Twitter decided to censor an American citizen on Twitter because of a violation of their terms of services or their rules, that's 100% fine. But when the federal government jumps in and directs that censoring, that's an egregious violation of the Constitution. And the Trump administration and Biden administration in various different campaigns were doing this and still doing this today. And so these are massive violations of your First Amendment right. Uh, when the government censors you privately behind closed doors with no subpoena and they're not telling you about it, that's called fascism. When they do it openly, that's called communism. It's interesting to note as well as if you remember, the, uh, the Department of Homeland Security was trying to formulate what was known as a disinformation governance board. And this was going to be headed by a woman by the name of Nina Jackowitz. And uh, due to concerned citizens out there, basically calling in their, calling in their congressmen and senators and, and so on and so forth, that disinformation governance board was shut down. But was it really? I remember Jen Psaki, who used to be the press correspondent for the White House, came out and said that, uh, well, you know, it's not going to be shut down. We're just going to revamp it and bring it into the White House. And think about that, is that they have a disinformation governance board that was working directly with big tech to censor conservatives and, and American citizens. And it got shut down through the Department of Homeland Security and brought directly into the White House. So the White House is working directly with big tech. And we know this to be true because Elon Musk and others have uncovered this. Uh, you have Eric Schmidt, who is the attorney general in Missouri, who's uncovered this much with the two lawsuits that they have going on against the federal government, is that there is a online portal, secure portal that the government and Twitter and Facebook and all these platforms can log into. And they can go in there and they can review various different tweets or Facebook posts or Instagram posts. And the government can say whether they want them removed or not. This is, I mean, how blatant it does it have to be that we no longer live in a constitutional republic, that your, your rights and your freedoms are being stripped away from you every day. This, this is your federal government. And it doesn't, listen, it, it doesn't matter their political affiliation. Yes, there's, there's Republicans who are unveiling this and bringing this forth, and there's good people out there in the world as well. But there's also Republicans who are utilizing the same process to censor other people, pr predominantly the right. And so, you know, our country, we need to, we need to, we need to plow forward and re-guarantee our rights under the Constitution. There's, there's only one way really to do this, and this is to take legal action and sue the crap out of our federal government. This is how we need to do it. And, you know, one or two lawsuits is not going to suffice. You need a multitude of lawsuits. You need hundreds of thousands of millions of lawsuits. What's interesting about that is you might have heard about this lawsuit. It's uh, Lloyd Brunson, Raylan Brunson. The Brunson brothers have filed a series of lawsuits uh, against the federal government. 
And this is pertaining to the 2020 election, but it's not about the election fraud, which is really interesting approach that they took. Now, Loy and Rallins both went to the 10th Circuit. Uh, Loy's is still in the 10th Circuit waiting approval. And uh, Rallins has made it to the docket of the Supreme Court. The, uh, the federal prosecutor decided to waive their rights. Now it's going to conference, which will be heard on January 6th, which is kind of ironic for the date. But basically, the lawsuit says that 385 members of Congress who ignored the cries, the complaints, the evidence from over 100 members of Congress should be removed from political office, tried in court, and this is a grave national security concern. And guess what? They're right. You got to remember, on January 6th, there was over 100 members of Congress that came forth and said that they want a 10-day hiatus to review the evidence of potential voter fraud and foreign interference in our election in the January in the uh, November 2020 election. Over 100 members of Congress did this. And the evidence was apparent that they they had evidence. And it doesn't matter even if they just had speculation. That's a national security concern. They should hold off on that vote and allow a thorough investigation. They they owe that to the American people, but they didn't. 385 members voted to certify the election, even though over 100 members representing the various different states came forth with claims of election interference. And this is what they're suing for, is that, hey, look, you know, these 385 members of Congress violated their constitutional oath. They, they did not uphold it. They created a massive national security issue, and uh, they're not fit for office. Now, here's the interesting thing. I was talking to attorney Todd Callender. You've probably seen him around on various different shows. He was one of the first attorneys to actually come forth with the lawsuits uh, against the military for vaccine mandates. And he represented uh, a multitude of different uh, military uh, members. So he came forth and he's like, why don't we create a storm of these same lawsuits that the Brunson brothers are doing? And I like this idea that we get out there and the Brunson brothers teach us the process of taking it through the district courts and getting into the Supreme Court docket. And then the attorneys, a team of about 100 attorneys, provide all the paperwork for the people to fill out. And people can go out there and start filing their own lawsuits. This is a genius idea. Imagine what would happen if we had 100,000, 200,000, 500,000 lawsuits filed that went to the, the district courts that went to the Supreme Court docket, the, the, the American's voice would be being heard. And that's the beauty of being an American citizen, for having a constitutional republic, is we have the ability to take that legal recourse, that, that legal action. And that's exactly what we should do. And so I'm working with them and, and trying to set something up. And see if we can get some progress on this. We're going to take our first break here on the Dark Delight Show. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using 
promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. Now, in early broadcast, earlier broadcast of the show earlier in the year, we talked about something known as the unfolding global conspiracy and the firestorm event that was going to happen. And, and within this firestorm event, we talked about the attacks on infrastructure, on energy and supply chain. Now, there has been over, I believe, 140 to 150 various different food processing, manufacturing, and distribution facilities that have caught fire in the United States just within the last year. Now, this is astronomical in the sense of the statistical analysis of, of how these things actually happen. Uh, that, that number just doesn't make any sense whatsoever unless there's something else going on. On top of that, we've had a, a number, about 30 to 50 various oil refineries um, and distribution facilities have explosions or blow up or have some type of uh, um, incident which has shut them down. Now, when we talk about infrastructure, we're also talking about energy. And just this weekend in North Carolina, the FBI was responding to a declared emergency where a curfew was ordered, where various different power plants were sabotaged. And this is being considered an act of terrorism. And the sabotage came by uh, people driving around and shooting these transformers and such and causing a massive power outage. And it just goes to show how easy it is somebody can create havoc and chaos within this country very, very easily just by driving around and and shooting these facilities. 
And so this is just another attack on U.S. infrastructure. Um, who these people are, I don't know. But as we move forth with what we're seeing is we're going to see these types of events become more and more commonplace. We're, we're seeing it right now with crime. Just imagine how horrible the crime rate is right now moving into the suburba, suburban and rural areas. Within the cities, it's atrocious. You can just look at Rochester, New York to see that. Excuse me. You can just look at Rochester, New York. You can look at L.A., San Francisco. People in San Francisco, when they, if they drive their vehicles to work, leave all the doors unlocked, their trunks open, and leave nothing within their vehicle. The reason is, is because the large amount of break-ins in vehicles and the contents of those vehicles being stolen. And listen, we know why this happened. It happened because of governors being lax on crime, coming out and releasing a multitude of violent criminals from their jails, attorney generals going in there that were that were basically campaigned for by George Soros, paid and bought and paid for for their elections. They go in there and they're basically turning criminals away at, at jail. They're no longer prosecuting people for horrendous crimes. In Chicago, this is the norm. If you, if you go in there and you're a you know, second-degree murderer or something of this nature, you're let go. You're put out on bail. Armed robbery. Put out on bail. There's no reason to keep you in a prison. And this just puts these criminals right back on the streets to wreak havoc within our communities. And we're going to see an increase in this. This is going to get worse and worse and worse. This is what I've called the global firestorm event. This is how you take down a nation, is you destabilize it at the community level. You destabilize it at that foundational level of power, of supply chain. Don't even get me started on the supply chain. I mean, right now in the Netherlands, the, their government is going in there and seizing over 3,000 farms in the name of climate change. This is kind of like eminent domain acts, is they're going in there and because of nitrogen and carbon emissions and these farmers' lack of uh, adherence to these policies, they're going in there and taking these farms from these farmers. That have, some of these farms have been in these families for generations. What's that going to do? That's going to hurt the supply chain within Europe, throughout the European Union. Not only the ad that they're already at a uh, dysfunctional supply chain uh, production is that every one of their crops are down over 50% production for this last year. It's definitely going to be a cold, dark winter throughout all of Europe. Don't even add on there the energy crisis that is, that is going on throughout there. And that has to do with Russia, Ukraine, obviously, but it also has to do with a lot of other international politics. So when we look at the world right now, what we're beginning to see is certain small events that are taking place. These small events are chaotic, sporadic, but they produce enough damage within the system to become noticeable. And as we progress forth and more of these small events begin to occur, it begins to produce a systematic destabilization throughout the entire global community. And if you think about it, 
this makes a lot of sense. There's a show out there on Amazon Prime called Peripheral. And it's a pretty cool futuristic show. But it talks about kind of like uh, quantum tunneling of how humanity uh, is 100 years in the future and highly technologically advanced. And they use this technology to basically communicate with uh, various different versions of the past. And they can create versions of the past, which the they call stubs. They can go in there and change one thing within a stub and create a new stub, and it's basically an alternative timeline. And they study history through this way, but one thing that they do is they bring people from those timelines to their modern day through basically uh, quantum tunneling of the consciousness, and the people aren't actually there. They're in like android robots. Pretty cool show. But uh, humanity went through a very destructive period of what they call the jackpot. And the jackpot was a a sequence of various different events that happened at different times that basically destroyed the planet. And obviously they're talking about global warming and all these different things. But it's a foreshadowing event of where we're headed right now, of what we're seeing unfold. I'm not someone who believes in global warming I can sit here and argue that point all day, but I can tell you that the globalists, the people that control this world, are pushing that agenda. And since they're pushing that agenda, they're going to make everything in this world appear as if that is what's really happening, to the point of even manipulating the weather, manipulating the nitrogen and the carbon levels, even producing these types of global catastrophic events. And so when we look at the jackpot in the the TV show Peripheral, there is certain political and social economic destabilization that occurs. There is certain environmental declines that occur. And all these culminate at the same time, turn into war, and then humanity basically gets destroyed, the earth gets destroyed, and the population is greatly reduced. One thing about all these dystopian future movies and books that you read about is no matter what, humanity's population is always reduced. Isn't that interesting? But as we look at what we can consider Agenda 2030, Agenda 2050, um, the, the sustainable development programs by the United Nations, everything that they're working against, quote-unquote, is what these futuristic dystopian futures, uh, movies and television shows, are actually pointed towards. So it's kind of like a foreshadowing. Now, do we need to take care of the planet? Absolutely. Do we need to find an alternative energy source that is just as abundant as oil? Absolutely. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. But is our planet on the brink of, of collapse because of it? No, it's it's not. Is global warming as bad as they're saying it is? No, it's not. But what they're doing is they're creating this this falsification of data, this falsification manipulation of society, the psychological warfare perpetuated on people to make people believe that. Not only make people believe that, but to provide validation for various events that are coming in the future, these small little micro events that all accumulate over time. 
And what we're seeing here in the United States of America with all these random events, these small little fires, these small little attacks on infrastructure and energy and supply chain, what we're seeing globally, 3,000 farms being taken back by the government, um, you know, war in Ukraine and Russia, which puts... uh, which puts a resistance on the global energy trade. All of these things have to do with these small little chaotic bursts that lead to these large big events. These large big events are what we can call black swan events. And this is what we're culminating towards right now is one of these black swan events. And when we start looking at the evidence of all these small little events that have occurred, We start to see that one of these black swan events is most likely going to be economic in nature, that there's going to be a large economic collapse that occurs, which is going to spawn all these small events that culminate into a larger event, which is going to bring about a Great Depression, famine, energy crisis, so on and so forth. We're going to take a quick break and be back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, back to the Dark Delight show. And, you know, it's interesting that we were talking about this. Uh, someone was sending me some, some news uh, when, when that happened. And obviously the, the power outage in North Carolina left 40,000 without power. But then I see this. Is another food processing plant burns, this time the Western Flour Mill, mill in Kent, Ohio. And so as we're talking about this, it's literally happening. I mean, all these small events are going to culminate into one large event, one large black swan event. And all it's going to take is a catalyst for that to happen, like the outbreak of another war. We know that we have the proxy war going on with Ukraine, the U.S. and NATO versus Russia, which I believe is a war of attrition. And if we start looking at the numbers and the stockpiling numbers of NATO countries in the United States, they're low on armaments. They're low on military. That's not good because if a world war breaks out or a big conflict breaks out, all those countries become incredibly vulnerable. And maybe that's exactly what the purpose of what Russia was trying to do was basically provide a a point of attrition for the United States of America and NATO nations by this ongoing conflict in Ukraine. And then China goes and invades Taiwan and the U.S. doesn't have the weaponry to actually go in there and do anything. And it makes sense in the sense of asymmetrical warfare of those tactics actually being utilized. Makes a lot of sense. So, what, what other type of catalyst events could we see? Well, we have World War, China invading Taiwan, something of that nature, right? And, and if any type of event like that began to occur, what we would see is we would see a global financial meltdown. This is why it's important to get that gold and silver <clears throat> to call out Kirk, go call Dr. Kirk Elliott, get a hold of him, get that 401k rolled over or get that IRA opened up, Okay. Because if this does happen, that stuff's going through the roof, and that's going to be one of the only protected assets that you're going to find out there, and everybody's going to be putting their money into it. But there's war potential. But what about the backlash that comes about through COVID-19 vaccines? 
We're, we're seeing more and more peer-reviewed studies from reputable journals coming out saying, uh-oh, something's wrong with this vaccine. And we're seeing this, this highest rate of flu and RSV in well over a decade and a half. Well, does that have anything to do with compromised immune systems from antibody-dependent enhancements? Just like Gert Vandenbosch said would happen, a world-renowned expert on immunology and virology, he said this would happen over two years ago. That at a culmination point after 18 months of taking the vaccine, we'll begin to see people with declining immune systems. The first phase will, you'll start seeing increased flu and other types of illnesses, common colds, basically transmuting into, um, you know, various types of other infections, upper respiratory infections like RSV. And he goes, that'll be the first wave. We'll lose some people then. And then the next winter after that, the immune system will be even more broken down and that will get worse and worse and worse. Because what happens when you have your immune system that is immunosuppressed is the more times it gets sick, the weaker and weaker it gets. It's not replenishing itself over and over and over again. And so he says this takes time, but eventually what you're going to see is you're going to see a complete breakdown of these people's immune systems. Now, a top oncologist in the United Kingdom recently revealed cancer cases have exploded among patients injected with the COVID-19 vaccines. Dr. Angus Delkalish, a professor of oncology at St. George, George's University of London, made a revelation by means of a letter published in the British Medical Journal. As a practicing oncologist, I am seeing people with stable disease rapidly progressing after being forced to have a booster, usually so they can travel. He wrote in the correspondence address to the BMJ editor-in-chief, Dr. Kamaram Abarasi. Even within my own personal contacts, I am seeing B-cell-based disease after a COVID-19 booster, wrote Dagalish. They are describing being distinctly unwell a few days or weeks after the booster. The oncologist recounted that one contact developed leukemia and two of his colleagues at work developed non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after getting the boosters. An old friend of Dangalish, who was diagnosed with multiple metastases from a rare B-cell disorder after getting severe bone pain, felt like he had long COVID. The physician defended his observation, saying that they fit the pattern of innate immune suppression for several weeks after the mRNA vaccination seen worldwide. Moreover, he argued that he has enough experience in the field to know that these are not the coincidental antidotes that many suggest, especially as the same pattern is being seen in Germany, Australia, and the United States. All of these patients to date have melanoma or B-cell-based cancers, which are very susceptible to immune control. And that is before the reports of suppressor gene suppression by the mRNA and laboratory experiments. So basically what he's saying here is people who are, had a susceptibility to cancers, who had cancers before, um, are now getting them back specifically within this time frame of two to three weeks after getting the booster shots because of the immunosuppression that it actually produces within the body. And this is exactly what Gert Vandenbosch was talking about. Robert Malone was talking about. Peter McCullough was talking about. Peter McCullough came out just last week and was talking about this. My, this is one of the world-renowned cardiologists, most 
peer-reviewed and published cardiologist in the world who's just lost his medical license for speaking out against this stuff. But he came out and said that the mRNA vaccines, the technology, the lipid nanoparticles can actually shed from one person to another. So from a vaccinated to a non-vaccinated. So this means that the vaccine has become a communicable disease. The good thing is, is there's no evidence that the the CRISPR-Cas9 genetic alterations that are occurring within the vaccinated people that go in there and change their bodies in the spike protein producing factories occurs within the unvaccinated people, but it does provide a level of immune suppression. So I urge everybody out there to to do what you have to do to protect your immune system and boost your immune system up, especially during the cold, the flu, and the RSV season that we're seeing right now. Now, what does this mean? Well, this could be the catalyst event. As this begins to push forth, and more and more people become affected with this, and more and more doses of this vaccine um, get released onto the world, we can begin to see an immunosuppression like we've never seen before, to where people start getting rare types of diseases, neurological disorders, cancers, strokes, heart attacks. You don't have to be a genius to go out there and start looking at all the people having strokes and heart attacks within their 40s and 50s out there. Uh, we, we did a survey and it was over 80% of our audience knew someone recently who's had a stroke or a heart attack and the one underlying factor is they're all vaccinated. doesn't mean that they're correlated, but it does mean that someone should investigate this to find out if they are. We're seeing autopsy reports come back from these people and their bodies are riddled with spike proteins. That spike proteins are growing within their arteries and their veins and their capillaries and plugging them up with unknown substances, plastic-like substances that are growing in there. I'm not a doctor. I cannot validate this information, but I'm seeing it from professionals who three years ago were voting Democrat and who were telling you to get vaccinated are now coming forth and saying this is real, this is really happening. And so I wonder if this event, as it slowly culminates into a larger event, becomes that catalyst, becomes that catalyst to provide this methodology to move into this dystopian future that we're seeing being created right now in the world. I don't know what the events are going to be, but we know that all of these small events that we're talking about, all of these these little things, whether it's economic, social, cultural, whether it deals with the infrastructure, whether it deals with supply chain, that they're all these small little chips that are being taken out of the foundation of the global community. And an eventuality is that when one major event happens, it's going to produce enough stress on that foundation to where everything is going to collapse and tumble. And standing there over top of the chaos is going to be the globalists saying, told you we needed a global government. We're ready. Are you guys ready for it? And people are going to be sick, poor, hungry. People are going to be losing their jobs. They're going to be losing their homes. They're going to lose their property. They're not going to have anything and they're going to be suffering. They're going to say, please just help me. We will take anything. And that's the scenario that's being created right now throughout the world. All these small little events are all interrelated. If you take them to 
and you take them and put them together, they all begin to culminate into one major disaster that's being created that only takes a small little catalyst event. But there is hope out there. I mean, you know, we watched the Brazil election get stolen by the communist Lulu. And uh, Bolsonaro and many of his supporters took to the streets. We have millions of Brazilians out into the streets protesting this election. Military members, members of the police force were all out there with them as well, supporting Bolsonaro. Uh, The military, who, by the way, through the Brazilian constitution, has the authority to interject in elections and basically remedy discrepancies has taken the side of Bolsonaro while the high courts, which, by the way, two of the members were appointed by Lulu, um, took the side of Lulu. Well, the military is having nothing with it. They've came over there. They're they're saying that they're going to overturn the election, that they're going to fight and investigate this. The courts don't want anything to do with it. So we're seeing a civil war begin to brew within Brazil. Now, something very, very interesting just happened because the cartels within Brazil hold the military power for the left or the communist. Well, Brazil military just killed the red commander who leads the cartels. And now the military is taking, preparing for takeover of these cartels, which is the army of the left, which means that they are formulating their coup attack to take back the power in Brazil. And I believe that this is good news. So we're going to see where that ends up and see how this unveils over the next few days and weeks. And hopefully Brazil gets their country back. On the other side of the world, Nigerian leaders have issued a warning. This is right, your taxpayer dollars hard at work. Weapons sent to Ukraine are ending up in the hands of terrorist groups in North Africa. How is that happening? Because U.S. military aid to Ukraine is buying tanks and drones and guns and weaponry, and they're selling it. This is why the 1st Battalion military group in Ukraine has came out and said they have nothing to fight with, even after the U.S. military gave them arms, because the Ukraine government and corrupt portions of it are selling it off for profit. We'll be back with more Dark Delight Show after this. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. 
The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark Delight show. And we were just talking about there the Nigerian president, uh, Mohamedou Bari. Uh, warned last week that weapons from the raging war between Russia and Ukraine are now finding their way into the Lake Chad Basin region. Uh, the Daily Trust has reported that the president, while speaking to the 16th summit of the heads of state and government of the Lake Chad Basin Commission, held a conference hall of the presidential villa, said all hands must be on deck for the proliferation of these weapons into the region. So he said that these weapons are coming through private sectors within Ukraine, but are, guess what? U.S. weapons. And so what a great way. You know, if we go back into the early 2000s and uh, later 2000s, you know, after kind of the, the destruction of Afghanistan, they needed a new enemy to kill. And so this is when people like John McCain and a few others went out there and they created what you know of today as ISIS and ISIL. This was a um, basically a fundamental radical contingent within Syria to rise up against basically Iran and Syria. And they became so radicalized and heavily funded by the United States government that they even turned on the United States, went back in, took over Iraq and all this other stuff. And this is where ISIS actually came from. And it was funded by your own government in private. And John McCain was a big part of that. Um, if you remember in Libya, when we had Benghazi and Gaddafi was killed, you know, a lot of this was the uncovering of the running of arms and money through Libya to these terrorist cells from Americans. There is even speculation that Christ, uh, that Ambassador Stevens was killed for uncovering this very, very crime. Eric Holder was sending guns to the Mexican border to the cartels. The Obama administration was selling U.S. weapons to foreign adversaries, is what I'm trying to tell you here. And right now we're seeing U.S. military's arsenal be depleted by this war in Ukraine as we're fighting this proxy against Russia. But where are those weapons actually going? I mentioned that the first Ukrainian battalion, this is like the front line battalion in Ukraine that's fighting against the Russians, has came out and said that they have no ammunition, they have nothing to shoot, they have no rockets, they have no equipment. But the United States of America has been giving them all this. So where is that going? Well, it looks like we just uncovered 
another gun running operation that the United States military is sending all this stuff over to Ukraine. And once it gets to Ukraine, it's being sold off to the rest of the world and made for profit for Warhawks. Interesting little processes in it. That's how they steal our money. That's how they steal our tax dollars. That's how they corrupt this nation. That's how they get their kickbacks. And then those foreign interests go ahead and fund various organizations, which send that money all the way back to the politicians and in their pockets. You know, it's a sad state of affairs what's happening in the world right now. Corruption is abound, and it's not even being hidden anymore. It's in plain view. And when people point it out and they say, hey, look, corruption right there, the person's like, ah, no, there's not corruption and, and you need to be quiet and we're going to silence you and then you're censored on social media and your account's deleted. That's how the world's working right now. This strong arm totalitarianism that's occurring within the internet domain, which has become the number one information distribution domain. Mainstream media is dead. Social media is where people get their news and information. And the governments are alive and well in censoring you on social media, especially when you speak out against their corruption. And so I, I believe that this deserves some investigation, that potentially what we're seeing here is one of the largest gun-running operations in the world of how to get armament to other countries that you want to rise up and support you against other countries. Just like they funded the Taliban, the Muajin, just like they funded ISIS and ISIL, they're going to fund another group of radical terrorists that will rise up and give the United States another reason to go to war with somebody. This is how it works. This is how the war hawks work. Interestingly enough, uh, a scientist who worked at the Wuhan lab says COVID was a man-made virus. We, we've known this. We've known this. But this is another type of weaponry. Understand that. It's not just guns and bullets and rockets and missiles and these types of things. Biological warfare is the, the modern day anthrax. Throughout Ukraine, you had over 72 biolabs producing anthrax and other types of bioweapons that were being utilized on the Slavic people within the Dunesk and the, the Lutesh regions. But now a scientist who worked at the controversial research lab in China has claimed COVID was a man-made virus that leaked from the facility, according to the report. Andrew Huff, who worked at the New York-based nonprofit that studied viruses, said COVID leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China two-plus years ago and blamed authorities for the biggest U.S. intelligence failure since 9-11. This is according to Britain's The Sun. And uh, we know that this is actually true because what happened is it moved from Chapel Hill, North Carolina as gain-of-function research under EcoHealth Alliance to Wuhan Institutes of Virology as well as Ukraine, two different facilities, and was privately funded by the NIAID, Anthony Fauci, with $3 million grant almost immediately, even after gain-of-function research was shut down by Barack Obama, then president. They went in there, they developed and weaponized viruses. They started developing vaccines for these viruses, which were also produced in China. And that's one thing that gets me. 
and nothing against anybody who took the vaccine, but wouldn't you want to know where that vaccine was developed before you took it? You ever wonder how they could have produced billions of vaccines within a short period of time without developing new manufacturing facilities or processing plants? Did you notice that they didn't go out there and hire new workers? <clears throat> they didn't go out there and build new facilities to, to, to create all these vaccines? because they already had them and they were developed in China. You can even go look, the ingredients come from China. So a, a virus gets unleashed on the, the world called the China virus, made in a lab in Wuhan, China. And the one cure for it comes from a vaccine where all the ingredients and production came from China. I don't know about you, but that doesn't seem right to me. And I wouldn't be putting that stuff in my body. Anyways, guys, that's all the time we have for you today with the Dark Delight Show. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Take care. Have a great day. Talk to you.